brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. They're all around us, strangers on the street, people we're acquainted with, even some we may be related to. But these evil, wicked people who have the capacity to commit those heinous crimes without guilt, without hesitation, and without remorse walk among us every day. Fiendish fairy tales walk you through some of the most disturbing, brutal, and violent crimes ever committed, leaving you to wish that these were just fairy tales. Unfortunately, these stories are true. Fiendish fairy tales depict stories of true crimes. These stories include murder, rape, and torture. Some stories may even include children. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fiendish Fairy Tales. My name is Jason, and I'm here with my co-host and wife, Candice. So for those of you who've never listened before, uh, each week I tell her a crazy true crime story and in an attempt to make sure that she, to see if she's ever heard it before. She's a big true crime fanatic. I'm not, but... I, I enjoy telling her these stories and, and kind of getting her reaction and, and getting her input on a few things. So this is episode five. I'm four for four so far. Yep. Yeah. So um, we've been in the country once, twice. We've been in the country twice. And last week we were 10 minutes away from our house. And she still didn't know that story. So I'm doing oh, pretty I don't good. know. I think that was two weeks ago, though. Oh, was it? Yeah, we were on vacation last week. Oh, yeah. Okay, so two weeks ago. Either way, I'm batting a thousand. So that's all that really matters. Because she seems to know everything there is to know about true crime, killers, and all this stuff. So it's it's fun for me to search the web. Of course, she has been helping me, I will, I will admit a little bit. Because like today, I sent her a text, hey, do you know this guy? And she's like, yeah, that's the cannibal guy in Japan. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> like, like, how do you know that? So I had to quickly, quickly switch. But well, in I, fairness, I did tell you I didn't know the whole story. Yeah, but I mean, you said the cannibal guy from Japan. That's pretty much the story. I mean, there's more to it, but I mean, that's that's the big part of it. So, but I do have a story tonight that I am certain you have never heard before. Um, and. 
we are going back to Australia. We talk about this one. Good day, mate. <laughs> I don't know why I feel the need to do that every, every time. Every time. It does it every time. <laughs> and what's so funny about it is we'll be watching something that's British. And you'll do that because for some reason you think Australian accents and British accents are the same. Um, they're not. Well, it's crazy. They'll have like two actors and I feel like they sound exactly the same. And you're like, you didn't know that person was from Australia. I'm like, nope, sounded the same to me. Or when we were watching that show and you're like, is that Australian? Is that is that British? I'm like, no, that's New Zealand. <laughs> and that messed you all up. <laughs> yeah. All. yeah. I'm not great with accents. All kinds of messed up for that one. Are hey, you... you remember Murder Mystery Night. Every time I read my character's lines, it was in a different accent. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did. We played a murder mystery game last week when we were on vacation, and we all had different parts to play. And I will say that I, I, was, I was from every part of the country as well. I was supposed to be German, and I was German the first two sentences. And then I went to, like, Italian and then French. And I think one time... Jamaican got in there. I don't know how. But we're in everywhere. fairness, though, everywhere. at least one of ours was the accent we were supposed to have. I don't think my mom ever nailed Scottish. Ever. She did every accent no. but Scottish, which is what she was supposed to be. Not even close. I don't... I'm not entirely sure she knows what a Scottish accent sounds like. Based on the way she was talking, I think she just thinks it's every accent in the world mixed together as one. Oh my goodness, it was hilarious. But it was it was it was a good time. It was a good time. So that was a fake one, but uh let's talk about a real one. Let's do it. All right. So once upon a time, on October twenty fourth, nineteen fifty five, in Tinterfield, Australia, Catherine Knight was born. Catherine was a quote product of a scandalous affair. And as if being unfaithful wasn't bad enough, Catherine's mother, Barbara, met this met this man, so Catherine's husband, through Barbara's husband. So yeah, I know, I know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna explain. So Catherine was born. Okay. Barbara was her mom. Barbara was married to someone else, but Catherine's father was not Barbara's husband. Barbara had an affair. Oh. And she okay. met the guy she had an affair with through her husband. So, and it's all. It, it, I feel like you could have found a much simpler way to say that. You, you I had me it. so confused. Eh, I, I understood it. That's all that matters. So, anyway, she had an affair and Catherine was born. Now, this family also lived in a very conservative town. So, the gossip, of course, spread. Like wildfire. Yeah, that couldn't have gone well. Right. So you think about this. The town, ultra conservative, and it's 1955. Can you imagine just how the town looked down on Barbara? Because, I mean, it wasn't even like she had a baby out of wedlock. Like, she had an affair that led to a child in a conservative town in 1955. Man. I wonder how anybody knew, though. That's a good question. Well, I don't know. In a small town, everybody seems to somehow know everybody's business. Nobody, nobody keeps their mouth shut. Everybody's got to talk, you know. So, so, but, so, 
if the town is treating Barbara like that, you can only imagine as Catherine is growing up, through no fault of her own, how, you know, circumstances of her birth, but I'm, I can't, I can't imagine her not feeling like the wrath of the people of the town. Kids making fun of her as she, you know, as she's growing up and everything else. I mean, there's no way that they, they didn't take every opportunity to make fun of her when it came to that. Well, and did the parents stay married or no? Yes, they did. They did stay married. Um, which for Catherine and Barbara was a horrible thing. Because as Catherine was growing up, um, her father was a violent alcoholic and he would rape Catherine's mother multiple times a day. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Multiple times a day. Wow. So, and you know, children hear their parents fighting often and that takes a toll on them. So is there anything like when you think about, you know, a diagnosis or, or something, is there anything specific or anything that, that you can think of that Catherine could potentially suffer from later in life ever, after being subjected to seeing and hearing her father raping her mother just about every day? Well, I mean, it'd very easily be PTSD because, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a trauma that you're associated with, like you've been exposed to. Especially over and over and over. Yeah, and then let's just throw this on top of what she's already dealing with. Um, Catherine reported that she was sexually assaulted by several members of her family until she was 11. Oh my gosh. So you've got her mom that's being raped by her dad, who is a raging alcoholic, and then she is being sexually assaulted by family members. Well, and I, I don't know if you know this. I mean, I don't know why you would have researched it, but I'm curious if Dad was like that before she cheated. You know, like, did that bring that out in him because he was so angry he wanted to um, I don't know, punish but them? Or? That, that, that seems like a lot of anger. I mean... <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I don't know. It just, it just seems like a lot, but at any rate, so she, she dealt with all of that. So as you can imagine, she was not uh, one that cared about much and school being one of them. So at the age of 15, she dropped out and what, what's, what's weird. And I guess maybe it's because she didn't go that much, but at age 15, she, she didn't even have the fundamentals of reading or writing. So, so my assumption is that she either didn't go or she didn't pay attention or, or something. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you get to 15. I mean, I know it happens, but, but what do you think was the one thing she was known for in school? Sleeping around? Actually, no. Um, she spent most of her time in school terrorizing children much smaller than her. That was my second guess. Yeah, I figured it would be. I mean, because, you know, she's she's being abused by people that are bigger than her, and there's nothing she can do about it. She, you know, she can't protect herself, so it makes sense that she would then, in turn, you know, bully and, and 
her yeah. kids that were smaller than her. Absolutely. Gives her a sense of control back because yeah. she has absolutely no control at home. I mean, none. No, she had zero. Zero. So when she, when she dropped out of school, she worked at a clothing factory for a year until she landed her dream job. So any idea what you think her dream job was? I really don't, only because I don't know that her standards would have been that high, you know? Like, I feel like anything would have been great to her. Well, her dream job was working in a slaughterhouse. Nope, didn't say that, though. <laughs> that would <laughs> right. never yeah. have been a guess, right. ever. Right, I mean, and it's not like, you know, she, it's not like being a butcher or or. or Somebody that processes meat is, you know, hey, you're going to turn into a serial killer. You're going to turn into a murderer. But it's all, I've also never heard anybody say, hey, that's my dream job. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like people either have a career path in mind because they're passionate about something. And that's where they find a lot of fulfillment. Or they don't have this huge passion towards a career. So they find fulfillment in family and friends. And then their job is just whatever they kind of stumble into. And I, I feel like a butcher is something you stumble into. I don't see that as like a goal. Well, interestingly enough, um, just being a butcher wasn't her dream job. Okay. Her actual job and the one that she got to do was to cut out the internal organs of the animals before they were processed. Oh my gosh, like how, how does one even know that's a job, you know? Right, right. So, so it, it, that was, that was her dream. Not, I want to work, you know, I want to, I want to process meat for a living. I want to be a butcher. It was, I want to cut out internal organs. Wow. Like, I just thought that was something that kind of had to be done while you were processing. I didn't yeah. know that somebody would, would specifically specifically go out and do those things but that's what i'm saying like it seems like a thing you stumble on not this is my goal in life i want to cut out organs what that just is now, so yeah ugh. and and we know that you know cruelty to animals is is one of the the, the three uh, it is part of the mcdonald tribe but yeah, i really right. really hope that you are not telling me any kind of story that has an animal being tortured <laughs> We've been married long enough for me to know. I was about to say that. we are no. Cut what it I out. was what I was going to say was, you know, do you think that that type of job could, in some way, potentially substitute for cruelty to animals? Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. I mean, you're not taking the life of the yeah, animals. Yeah, I mean, so I you're guess not. Maybe it's different, I think but. the big part of that is uh, the the they like the torture aspect of it. But, yeah, okay. you know, I don't know. I mean, because arson's a big thing and there's no torturing someone with fire. It's just arson. Yeah. So maybe a big component to that is also just enjoying taking body parts out of bodies. Maybe. Now, I did say it was her dream job. And in fact, she loved it so much. She took her first set of butcher's knives and hung them over her bed. Wow. So, I, I, I don't know why you would do that. Like, I've got so much, so many questions. Yeah. Like, you know, 
Did she lay there in bed and like just just stare at them and think about what she could do with them to somebody else? Or like I, I just I mean, I, I don't know why you would ever do that. Yeah, I mean, I've had several chefs as clients and I know that they take great pride in their knives. Like most chefs have their own set of knives. Mm -hmm. yeah, and they yeah. have they, you know, they keep them wrapped up and, and all. But that's because they take so much pride in their work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do you, I mean, if you're taking pride in like, oh, do you see these body parts I've prepared for you? That's, you know, right, like yeah, that's, yeah. oh, that's crazy. I mean, and they don't hang them above their bed. No. I mean, no, nobody I know has. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I feel like we'd had a different kind of discussion during those <laughs> sessions, but right? no. Yeah. I mean, I, so I can't for the life of me figure out like why she would have done it, but either way, she did it. Um, but knives weren't the only thing that Catherine loved. She also found her version of love several times with men. So at the slaughterhouse, she met and began a relationship with David Collette. And just like her father, he was a violent alcoholic who was quite fond of fistfights. So, you know, I, I kind of see this quite a bit. Or we kind of we see it like women who grew up with fathers that were a certain way, almost seek out men that are the same way. Is, is it because they, it, it's almost like learn that that's normal or is it, is it some way like, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I, I don't, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, why, why does it always seem to to be like that like you, you see uh, a little girl who grew up with an alcohol alcoholic father and then she marries an alcoholic or an abuser and, and that sort of thing what is why any idea well a big part of it is not knowing that they deserve more mm, yeah okay Does that makes sense yeah, you know like yeah. you know if you have a good childhood and especially with females you know a good father figure and you see how a woman is supposed to be treated then when you get into a relationship and you're not treated that way you know you're like hell no I'm not doing this but you know when you don't have that and you don't see that there's not that instinctual like I'm out nope is it kind of like like I don't know like when and, and I'm not saying I'm some some fabulous father or whatever but is it kind of like when I tell Cam, like, hey, this is how you treat your mom or this is how you treat this, you know, just kind of showing him the right way to do things. And then he kind of grows up knowing that. And then like also like daughters see how their their fathers treat their moms and they realize that's 
that's how it's supposed to happen. Yeah. You know, that way. So, I mean, I figured, but, you know, you're you're smarter than me when it comes to therapy stuff. We'll, we'll just stop there. No, <laughs> no, you need but, um, well, and I think too, you know, when you're assaulted, you don't have a lot of high self-worth. And so you just keep attracting that caliber of person. That makes sense. Without even realizing that you're subconsciously doing it. Almost like I, I don't deserve to be happy or I don't deserve to have something other than, than this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, sometimes they will, it's so odd because you would think that it would be counter, it is counterintuitive, but you would think that as a, a victim that you would not trust people, but some victims, they put too much trust into people. Kind of like, you know, how we've talked about before with, with children that are adopted, you know, mm -hmm. um, with attachment issues, they can go one of two ways. They can have the kind of attachment that's, they reject any kind of attachment to someone yeah. or they are attaching to everyone. It's kind of the same yeah. thought process. And both of them are scary in one way or the other. Yeah, it, it yeah. is. Well, she kind of flipped the script a little bit after, after she got through, <laughs> but cause this was kind of unusual when I first read it, but given what she does later in the story, what I'm about to tell you is tame. So we know that her boyfriend, David, he, he alcoholic and he loved to fight. Well, one night he was in a fight and all of a sudden he looked over and there's Catherine right next to him, right in the middle of the fight. Oh, and, goodness. and, not only was she in the fight, he soon realized that she was capable of doing extreme amounts of damage with just her fists. Um, in fact, she was so violent that David soon found himself being dominated by Catherine. So, I mean, not with any weapons, just, just straight fighting. So I don't know, like, I don't know if there was a size difference or, or what, but apparently she was, she was, she was formidable. So in 1974, uh, they got married. So their wedding wasn't a picturesque scene. Um, I don't think it's any surprise, given <laughs> what we've already talked about. Um, but the couple got married because Catherine essentially told David they were getting married. <laughs> okay, then. Like she was just like, look, we're getting married. And... David was so excited about his nuptials that he stayed extremely intoxicated during the entire ceremony. Wow. And Catherine's mother even warned him that his new bride had a, quote, screw loose somewhere. But apparently the fear of Catherine outweighed the warning from his now or then mother-in-law. So, I mean, her, her own daughter is saying <laughs> to her, her new husband, look, she's not okay. There's her own mother. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You said daughter, but yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Her, okay. yeah. So the I'm mother. I'm just making sure I keep a track. It's me. I will get confused. So I'm just making sure. Yeah. Yeah. The meds have worn off. The meds. They have. They have. ADHD <laughs> is with my butt tonight. Um, So I want to make sure I stay on track. 
you know, it's interesting too, if people think about it, the irony just shows what trauma can do. The fact that she grew up with this abuse because she had a dad in the home who drank so much. And here she is with a man she's going to marry that is shit based on her wedding day. Well, see, you just need to be quiet. Because you're too oh, smart. I'm sorry. Are and you that, you, you, I'm every sorry. week you take stuff away from me. Do I need to just every not talk unless yeah. you ask me just, a question? Just take notes and then we'll have okay. a press conference at the end. No, no, no. I will. Because kind of going, you know, what you're saying, kind of going into the next part, that Catherine, she enjoyed sex quite a bit and she expected to have it when she wanted it. So during her wedding night, the couple consummated their marriage three times. So. David's exhausted. He's extremely intoxicated. He just went three times with her and he eventually passes out. Apparently three times was not enough for her though. And she wanted one more round with him. And when she wouldn't when when he wouldn't wake up to attend to her needs, she began to strangle him. Oh my gosh, seriously? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, you know, you're talking about seeing the, the, you know, the dad and then have the the husband that gets hammered. Well, it's almost like she saw what what her dad was doing and kind of, you know, kind of did this with David a little bit. Like, he's just passed out. Yeah, just picked up where dad left off and that you will do this. Yeah. Wow. And he woke up in time and he was able to fight her off. But now, you're pretty smart about everything. With this true crime stuff, but I want to play a little game with you and see how close you can get to the number of years that they were married, given all the stuff that you know so far, and then you add on that she tried to kill him on their wedding night. How long do you think they stay married? I mean, you know, if this were a normal story, <laughs> I would say like a few months, and then, or I mean, I, I feel like I'd be getting an annulled the next day if somebody tried to strangle me. <laughs> right, yeah. But I have a feeling you're going to say like several years. Ten. Ten. A decade with this woman. Do you think he was too scared to leave? Yeah. I mean, he was too scared. Well, hold that thought. Because we'll, you'll kind of find out later. Okay. Why you don't say no to her. Um. So, yeah. Uh, the couple eventually... Got divorced in 1986, but I want to go through some of the things that occurred in their marriage during that time. Okay. So during their marriage, David was often unfaithful to Catherine, which is surprising given her sexual needs. Of course, I'm joking, but Catherine's response to David's infidelity was no laughing matter. So one time in the middle of the night, David left his wife and two daughters home without anyone knowing where he went. So Catherine's response wasn't like most people, you know, wondering where he was, maybe go out drive looking for him in, in today's time, you know, texting him, calling him, all that stuff. No, 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 not her. She took their two-month-old daughter and laid her down on train tracks knowing that there was a train coming soon. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So she does this, and it's not like she, it's not like she's on FaceTime with him. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, know, it, is, is it there to see it? So Yeah, yeah. so it's the 80s, so she just laid it down. Well, luckily, the train, for whatever reason, didn't come through that night. So the infant was good. 
So, do you, I mean, like, she would have legit just killed her had the train come? Apparently, yeah. She just laid oh her down and kind of walked away. gosh. But Catherine wasn't done that night with her rage-filled actions. So, with both of her daughters in tow with her, she stole an axe and began threatening anybody she saw out in, in public that night. Oh, my she Lord. She started just, try, just chasing them. So... Catherine was diagnosed with postnatal depression and spent some time in a psychiatric hospital. Now, can you explain a little bit more of what that is and what that does to, to, to women? Yeah, I mean, it's an imbalance in chemicals in the brain after... I mean, you have to think about all the hormones you have during pregnancy and then, you know, once you give birth, all of the... The changes that are occurring but i mean some women do become um delusional i mean they they have psychotic breaks during that that's why you see women that kill their children yeah after having them it's so sad that's i mean i really do think that that is one of the things we don't put enough emphasis on when women say things after pregnancy and they're like oh they're just they're just tired because they got a baby. It's like, okay, but for some women, postpartum, I mean, it's real. Yeah, yeah. I got a feeling, though, that Catherine had, like, a lot more going on than postpartum depression. Well, yeah, probably. Um, so, you know, we're saying that she spent some time in a psychiatric hospital. And, of course, you know, after you lay your baby down on train tracks and chase people around with an axe, that'll get you put there, right? No, that's not what did it. She was finally committed to the hospital when witnesses saw her violently pushing and swinging her baby down a busy street while in her stroller. So she's basically, she's got her in the stroller and she's just swinging her back and forth like the wheels are coming up off the ground. She's in the middle of traffic. Oh my like, goodness. So that was that was the final push that was needed to get her help. Well, and I... I, I meant to ask this before and I didn't, but how do we know about the train tracks thing? Did it, was there a witness to that or she just eventually told people? No, there's a witness to it. Wow. There's a witness to all of this of what she did. Okay. Yeah. Um, so while she was in the hospital, she told nurses that she planned to kill the mechanic who fixed the car that allowed David to leave that night when she got out. So she wasn't blaming David so much. She was blaming the mechanic because if the mechanic wouldn't have fixed the car, David wouldn't have been able to drive it. Damn, she's going scorched earth right, like, like right, everybody right, involved. Yeah. You know, so... So, after the baby thing, and even though she was in the hospital threatening somebody's life, the hospital's like, eh, you're good. They released her. Good to go. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, somebody like that, where's she supposed to go? She gets out of the psychiatric unit... You know, any guesses where where somebody like that could go? Well, you said she was in there how long? She was in there just like two months. So did she not just go back home to David or he finally realized like... You think she would? You think he would take her? I don't know. He stayed with her for 10 years with this crazy shit, so... You're absolutely right. She did. <laughs> He took her back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I would like to say I'm shocked, but... Yeah. So um, he took her back. But it didn't last very long once she came home, which, you know, how could it? Was she still 
so angry or had that passed? Um, it, it seemed like it had passed because when when he finally when he finally left and they got divorced, she she got severely depressed then. And so you just add that on to the other stuff she's got going on. Yeah. Um, and she ended up finding herself in a string of terrible relationships. Um, she met a man named David Saunders and he moved in with her after just a couple of months. Um, however, he must have had a good idea of who she was because he kept his apartment. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, but. Uh. Where were the kids? Were they with her? Or? Yeah, they were with her. Okay, well, I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, those poor kids. Yeah. Well, there, she, there was a lot of kids. There was a lot of kids. Oh, so even... Oh, okay. So she just kept spitting them out? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. okay. Um, but the the apartment that, that David kept after he moved in with her, which, you know, to me, knowing the story, it's like, <laughs> smart move, bro. Smart right? move. <laughs> but... It caused a lot of problems because any time he would be gone for any extended period of time, she would think that he was out cheating on her, you know, and, and so the relationship quickly turned violent. Um, now, Catherine did do something to show him how dangerous she was, but we're going to skip over that. Okay. Um, uh, I get so, it. and after she did that, you would think David got the message. He'd be like, whoa. This she's no, she's too dangerous. I can't do this. He'd move back to his apartment, but no, of course not. Why would he? I don't know how she got the like she all these guys just stayed with her. I don't, I don't know. But do you think as I'm not being funny? I'm being serious here. Like because typically men have a stronger sex drive. Do you think that any of these men were just so excited to have a woman that wanted to have sex all the time that they were like, hey, it's worth dealing with a little crazy. You know, like, I, 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 I mean, you. I wouldn't, but I you. I'm just saying, like, do you and think? No. So do you think, what do you think? You think they were too scared to leave her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and you're going, I got one, I got a paragraph to read to you and you're going to see. Ugh. Well, I can already see why they would be scared. So, so um, not only did he stay, but they had a daughter a year later because why not? Yeah. Well, why not just keep reproducing? You know? Um, but after their daughter was born pretty soon afterwards, um, David left and he, he just, he just left them both. And you would think, okay, he's being irresponsible. He's just bailing on, on her and she can just deal with the kid on her own. But she tried to kill him with a pair of scissors, which is why he left. <laughs> so you can't really blame a man for leaving if his... If his wife or girlfriend tries to kill him, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. Just stay there and die? No. So. What I don't understand is why they keep leaving without their children. I, like, yeah, I mean. Why do they keep leaving kids to this woman? I don't know. No idea. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But after that, oddly enough, something, I guess, clicked within Catherine. And she met and married uh, a man named John Chillingworth. Um, there were no violent incidents. The couple had a son. And they were married for three years. However, the marriage ended once... John found out that she was having an affair with a man named John Charles Thomas Price. Now, you know what I find kind of funny, coincidental, whatever you want? Like <laughs> David, 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 John, John. 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 Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was like, <laughs> yeah. like, was there something like, is there any therapy stuff that you, like, is, any, like, <laughs> no, is there like an OCD order that she's got to have like the same person? I mean, none that I know of, but that is it. I, I was thinking the exact yeah, same thing. I was, just, I was like, so David, David, John, John. Okay. All right. So, everything was going good with the first John, but she messed it up by cheating on John with John. Um, so, try and keep up with, with this, okay? Gotcha. Uh, with all the... With all the <laughs> um, so, even though she was unfaithful to John, the first one, mm-hmm. things were going well for her and John, the second one. Okay. So, John, again, the second one, had a well-paying job. Provided a stable home for the couple and John's two older children. Well, then John had to go and screw it all up. So, any guesses as to what he did to screw it up? I mean, we've been on this cheating streak, but no? Oh. Oh, gosh, what did he do? It was actually smart of him, or would have been, but... When Catherine said they should get married, John was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> oh, yeah. she did not like that, I'm, t- no, I'm guessing. and that's, that's when things went from easy street and took a turn on the violent lane. Wow. Um, so, dude didn't want to marry her, but they still lived together. So, and John continued to provide a nice life for them. But, I mean, just think about if, if... You know, you and I were together, and I and I asked you to marry me, and you said no, but we still lived together. How awkward that would be for a little while. Yeah. But you've got this this woman who's extremely violent. So now you've got you've got the awkwardness, but you've also got the sleeping one eye open. Is she gonna kill me? <laughs> yeah, yeah she's gonna kill me at any moment. You know, kind of thing. Um, so it it was pretty bad. And like I was saying, he provided a nice life. For them because of his job so uh, of course the only thing that makes sense to, to to Catherine is to go ahead and frame John and make it look like he's stealing from the company and he got fired oh my goodness so the stable life that he was providing for them she screwed it up because she was mad at him for not marrying her well John countered by firing Catherine from the relationship when he kicked her out of the house <laughs> So, did she take all of those children with her? Um, she didn't take his kids. 
They didn't have any kids together. He had. Oh two yeah, he, she yeah. had a yeah. son with the other yeah, with John the other though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So all done with John, the second one, right? Okay. No. No, of course oh, not. Oh my Come goodness! On. You know better than that. So, like I said, I don't know what it is with this woman, but John was another man who was willing to give her another chance. Oh, my Lord. So they started okay. dating again, but he wouldn't let her move back in. She tried to move back in. He's like, no. But, and, and this really shocked me when I was reading this, but when he wouldn't let her move back in, her violent tendencies came out full force. Who would have thought? Right. Isn't that crazy I'm to sure think, right? I'm sure he was so shocked. I mean, who would have thought? <laughs> oh. So, now... Again, I'm going to need you to try and keep up because this is 100% accurate because I read it like 14 times because it didn't make sense to me <laughs> as we're going through this because I was like, this couldn't this couldn't be a thing, but it, but it is. Okay. Um, so after a fight, John took out a restraining order. And, you know, typically you got to prove a whole bunch of stuff to get a restraining order, especially if you're a dude. That's just, that's just yeah. how life is. The judge didn't have any problem giving him the restraining order because... When they were fighting, she tried to stab him in the chest. Oh, good lord! So the judge was like, "Yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, I think we should probably we should yeah, probably we should keep bro- her yeah, right, at a distance. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, and John was so scared of Catherine that he told his coworkers that if he ever went missing, it was because she murdered him. Wow, wow. So, you ready for this story to get really crazy? <laughs> Because all the stuff, all the stuff we've gone over so far was just the appetizer. And here comes the main course. Oh, gosh. Okay. Am I foreshadowing again? Maybe. Oh, God. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see what happens. So on February 29th of 2000, John came home following his normal routine and went to bed around 11 p.m. So Catherine was also going home. She made dinner, watched some TV, took a shower, and then went upstairs to go to bed. Whoa. Doesn't he have a restraining order, or is this before that? This is after. So he got a restraining order, and they still live together? Yeah. What in the hell did he get a restraining order for? Yeah, she went upstairs, woke him up, and was like, hey, I want to have sex. They had sex, and he went back to sleep. So, it went from... Her trying to stab him in the chest, restraining order, back to living together, and then sex. Yes. Okay. What, what in the world? I'm no. But wow. After John went to sleep, apparently Catherine was not tired, and she had other plans. And apparently, her knives traveled with her. Oh God. So she took one of the butcher knives that she always kept close. Um, calmly walked over to John. And stabbed him in the chest 37 times. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. So it's like, you know, you don't see it coming, but you should have. Yeah, kind of thing. Like, you know, like you had a restraining order, but then you just let her come back in like everything's cool. Well, I I will say if nothing else, we've seen recently with this Johnny Depp trial that men can be victims of abuse. And it just goes to show, I mean, think about it. We wouldn't question this at all if it were the other way around. Yeah, but. I mean, but think about it, though. If it had been a man and the woman let him come back, we would be like, oh, yeah, that tracks. That's a normal. Like, you would never hurt me, but there's nights I don't want to go to sleep. 
don't know what you're gonna, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I mean, but seriously though, like with her, there's no way. There's no, no. way. She wouldn't come back in my house. But think about it though. How how often does that happen the other way around? I don't know. But I mean, I have a lot of clients that have been through trauma and, and domestic violence, and I mean, they have had exes that did atrocious things to them, and then that's you know five years into their marriage and then you still have another five or ten years to cover and it's like oh my you know so you just see how they let people come back yeah but well john wasn't coming back from this the craziest thing to me though is like let's have sex and then i'm gonna kill you like she wasn't already pissed off like she just she just figured she would you know i mean there was no one out of the way there was no fight they both came home had dinners took a shower whatever chilling and then did this and What's bad is it it didn't say like if the knife didn't go deep enough or it didn't hit the right spot, but evidence suggested that John woke up during the course of the attack. But of course, you know, he he couldn't fend her off. I mean, he got stabbed 37 times. Yeah. I don't know how many times he got stabbed before eventually, you know, (sighs) it was it was the one that that finally killed him. The horror, too, of going to sleep and waking up to someone attacking you. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I woke up to you holding a pillow over my face, <laughs> and I thought I was going to lose my mind. Okay, one time, and it was <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> holding it over your face, but you were snoring, so, you know, I had to make it stop. Yeah, permanently. Um, so, that was the semi-crazy part. Semi crazy. Okay. So, okay. A little bit crazier. It's a, it, it's almost done though. It's almost we're almost we're almost out of the the craziness. But the next part was like a scene at a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh gosh. So after John was dead, she then skinned his body, not like a part of it, all of it, like all oh. of it. Wow, that is a new level. And then hung his body from a meat hook. Who's got a meat hook hanging around? Yeah. lying around, you know? So basically the way you would dress a deer or... Mm -hmm. Wow. So my first thing was, how was she able to get a body by herself hung up, you know, by a meat hook? So my thought was, okay, maybe maybe it was already over like a rafter or something Yeah, that's what I was thinking, like use the leverage or whatever to... Yeah. But... Where do you think the meat hook was? I mean, I don't even know at this point. I'm kind of scared to ask. It's in the living room. I'm I'm just not even understanding why anybody has a meat hook. I I can't even figure that part out. It's her passion. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, but seriously, they're like, who? Yeah. Who has a meat hook just swinging around in the living room? Yeah. You know, it's almost like did she and it didn't say because she professes her innocence she and you'll see why in a second but she's never to this day she she said that she didn't do this <laughs> okay so it's all right Catherine. all right 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 so um so after his body was hanging upside down for whatever reason she then went on to decapitate him okay then after that she went in the kitchen, cut up some potatoes, pumpkins, beets, other vegetables oh, good God. to go ahead and mix with the pieces of flesh that she cut from his body. Jesus. Wow. Um, 
there was, you know, once once the police got there, and we'll talk about that in a second, but they, they saw that she had made a dish for herself and that half of it was gone. So what what it said was, so she wasn't able to finish it. My thought was, how was she able to start it? Yeah. Like, not finish. Like, that was their question. Like That was their thing was, oh, it looks like she wasn't able to finish it. She shouldn't have been able to start it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, what? Really? That that That's your takeaway from it's a half like, human? It's not like, oh, man, I paid a lot for that drink, and now I got to leave early so I didn't get to finish it. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, right. No, no, right. no, no. Yeah. Well, after her dinner, she did what most criminally insane people do. She took a large number of pills and, of course, laid down next to John's headless, mutilated corpse and passed out. Okay. Because that's 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 what you do, you know. You just you just lay down next to him and go to sleep. Um, there's no indication that she was trying to kill herself, so I don't know if if she just took enough pills to go to sleep or or. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I think she thought this would be part of her alibi and this would get her out of it. But so the next day when John didn't show up to work. His co-workers called the police. Like that same day. Like if somebody told us, hey, if I ever go missing, it's this person. And they didn't show up to work on Monday. <laughs> we wouldn't call. Nobody, nobody yeah, would call. Yeah, I mean. You know? Yeah. But um, they did. They called immediately in the morning. They were like, he never misses a shift. He misses his shift. Um, that tells- just shows, though, that they took him so seriously. Yeah. They, they realized that she was not yeah. stable. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and the other part is, is, is that police took it seriously because they called the police and said, Hey, this is what's up. He didn't come into work. And the police immediately went to the house. So I don't, I don't know if it's because police had had a lot of run-ins with her or because it was a small town. So everybody knew that she was. Maybe the restraining order. Yeah, with the restraining order, all that stuff. But they didn't mess around. But it didn't really matter because he was already dead. But they, they went there. Um, so when police walked in to the house, she was still passed out on the floor next to his corpse. So they obviously immediately arrested her, and as soon as they started arresting her, she she started you know waking up and she just immediately started saying. I didn't do it. I don't have any recollection of last night. I don't know what happened. So like immediately. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if you're if you're that out of it that you don't even know what happened the night before, how do you automatically wake up and you're like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So Well and and why would your innocence or guilt even be you would you should be waking up like, Oh my god, what happened? Right. Are they okay? Oh no, how could this have happened? Yeah. Not worrying about your own self, but it sounds like Catherine only worries about herself, so Yeah. Well, after police detained her is when they were able to get a look at just how gruesome the crime scene was. Now, remember I said she decapitated John? Yeah. What I didn't talk about was what did she do with his head? Okay. Police found it in a pot of boiling water with vegetables on a stove. Oh, my. Yeah. 
Like this, this is. And then like this was some more stew she was going to yeah. make, some more food. Or, this oh is, my God. this is crazy, scary movie stuff. Yeah. This is not real life. And then let's just throw a little bit more out there. Luckily, she wasn't able to do this, but when they were looking through the crime scene, they saw that on the table there were two more place settings already prepared with food, and they realized that those two plates were for John's children. Her plan was to feed them their father. That is a new level. Right? Wow. Luckily, like I said... They, she didn't have an opportunity to do that, but yeah, because I don't know how you, that's a trauma that how right? do you you don't come back past oh that? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So the whole I don't recall what happened. Police obviously were like, yeah, whatever. No. Um, wow. And she was charged with murder. She continued to proclaim her innocence. And for reasons that we still don't know today because she still won't talk about it. She changed her not guilty plea to guilty. And the trial wasn't held. And I guess Australia works a little bit different than we do here. Because when she said, you know, I'm changing my plea to guilty. That same day, the judge was like, okay, here's your sentence. Catherine became the first woman in Australia to ever receive a life sentence without the possibility of parole. I mean, you could, how could you ever let her out? Right, right. Ever. Right. No, no. I, I agree. It's just... It's like... So were they giving out like 10 years over there for murder or something? I don't, know. Gosh. I don't know. But for me, what's what's even, what's even crazier is the fact that like, hey, okay, I'm changing my plea to guilty. And the judge is like, okay, life with no parole. It, it was like that quick. Yeah. You know? Not even here like in the States, a, it a taken, sentencing hearing yeah, later. Yeah, it would have taken months and months to yeah. get it. But it was, they said it was the same day. She got the sentence. They took her to jail. Yeah, I mean, what more do you need to hear? Like, <laughs> right, right. I feel like that's a, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Heard it all. Um, obviously, she still continues to maintain her innocence. She hasn't, you know, she's never taken responsibility for her actions. She still says that she doesn't recall what happened. Um, she doesn't know who killed him. <laughs> okay. All that stuff. Um, she did attempt to appeal her sentence. And... The way that it read in, in, in several of the articles that I read, it was almost like the ink didn't have a chance to dry on the motion before it was denied. Like, <laughs> like It was like almost immediate. Like they brought it to, to him and they were like, yeah, good try. And no, that's not happening. So she is still sitting in the Silverwater Women's Correctional Center and she will be there until she's dead. So Australia's like, we don't often hand out sentences that are strong, but when we do... That shit is legit. Right. Like, immediate. Yeah, yeah. We're not going back on it. We're not going back. Thank God, though. I mean, can you imagine her out right. in the world? Like, well, I mean, that is it, terrifying. And if you think about it, it's like, okay, she tried to stab the first David. And then she tried to stab the second David. And then the first John, 
that that was all right until she cheated on John with John. And then when the new John said, no, I don't want to get married, that's when she went, you know, psycho again and then ended up stabbing him. So, yeah, yeah, she, she <laughs> if she was ever out, she's going to stab somebody again. She, there, I mean, there's no way. I mean, stabbed him after they had sex, skinned him alive, decapitated him, cooked him, ate part of him, and then was going to feed him to his daughters. Like, mm. if anybody deserves to just be in a cage for the rest of their life, it, yeah. it's her. Like, that's just, um, that's just, this is a movie. And I know, <laughs> yeah. I know I say every week, you know, because in, in some of the, the true crime podcasts that we listen to, every week it's like, man, we got a crazy story for you this week. Yeah. And it's always like, how? But I'm like, fifth one in, I'm like, it, it it's crazier than last week. Like, what what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, how? How is this stuff going on? How do people do this to one another? And and how how is she given the opportunity to do this to so many people? You know, like, she tried to stab one person. She's got... She, She's got her baby on the train track. She's well, in mean, traffic. Clearly, Australia is not that, you know, just giving out strong sentences usually. So, yeah, I guess not. But she had to actually, you know, eat somebody before they were like, <laughs> it's over. That's not, that's not funny, but the way you said it. I know. I mean, it's but not like, funny, damn. but I mean, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I wonder if she just would have stabbed him, you know, 37 times. Yeah. Would she have gotten life? Would Probably. she have gotten twenty years? Or twenty, yeah, like you know, it was still parole. I bet because I know, I know, you know, Britain sees life sentences as, um, almost like cruel and unusual. Yeah, like murder. Yeah, right. right, <laughs> I mean, right like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it's somebody's life that they're going to be in the rest of their life, but the person they killed is also going to be in that grave the rest of their life. So, you know, fair is fair, right? Yeah. But that... Well, and, and two, it's, you know, one, can they be rehabilitated so they're not a danger? And I forgot what two was. <laughs> I had another point. Well, one was enough. But I guess the other thing, the other, the other part that bothers me is there was a failure when she was in the psychiatric unit. She was there for two months. And while she was there, she had homicidal ideations like she and it wasn't like uh you know i'm gonna kill that guy and no, like she's like i'm gonna kill him because he allowed this to happen like i mean she should have been there longer yeah but you know when you spend any amount of time in the mental health profession you realize that it is very hard to get somebody into the hospital and they are there to get them stabilized and then it's always least restrictive. Okay, but setting. So you're working there, and somebody says, "I want to kill this guy." Are you stamping off on her leaving? No, but what I'm saying is, is that's probably why she was there for two months. But she probably got to leave because she then told them, "Okay, those urges are gone. I don't want to anymore." Oh, okay, so maybe the she same said as, it early in her. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. When she like, first got there. When you. You know, when people go to the hospital saying they want to hurt themselves or somebody else, it that's the thing. Like, if they ask them if they 
want to hurt themselves and they have a plan and intent, they have to keep them. But if they say no, they send them home. Yeah. And they only keep them as long as, like I have clients constantly get frustrated because they have a family member or, or child or somebody that they have to take to the hospital and they get out two or three days later and they're not any better and they're so angry. But I have to tell them every time, like they're, they're not trying to make them better. They're getting them stabilized mm. to come home. That's all acute care is. So, And I guess knowing the entire story from start to finish, you can, you know, Monday morning quarterback this thing to death. Yeah. But I still feel like there was a lot there. Yeah. That, you know, that that should have been like, whoa, hold on, hold on. Let's let's calm this down. Let's let's slow down. Let's But at the same time, I wonder Dude, too though if it was because it was a woman. You know what I mean? Like maybe a woman. It was. It was in the eighties. I don't like. I, I don't. Like, I don't know. I don't she's know. not gonna hurt. I mean, you know, but she's she a little done jealous. It to three people. But but you know, but I'm sure people were thinking of like, oh, she's she's the the jealous top. She just you know, because I mean, think about it, we we all know people that are they're all over their significant other, always jealous, checking their phones, doing things, but you don't ever think it's going to lead to trying to, you know, cut them up. Right. And nobody deserves to die. They didn't deserve to die. My question too is, why are you letting her come back into your life? Yeah. Like, especially the last John, he had no kids with her. So there, there's, there was absolutely no reason to continue any kind of contact with her. You filed a restraining order and then just let her come back in. Yeah, but I think that we honestly just immediately go to what the hell because it was a man. I mean, I don't think, I think we do it subconsciously, but as a society, I don't think that we really think of it the same because I honestly think that if it were the other way around, we wouldn't even be, it wouldn't even be that I can't believe she let him come back. We'd be like, yeah, she let him come back. Well, that makes sense. That's common. That makes I mean, sense. But at the same time, when, when we're saying, you know, it's a man, so it's it's hard for them to say that they're victims of domestic violence because they're men and they shouldn't. But if he was man enough to go file a restraining order, he should have been man enough to know he was scared of her. Yeah, but it's not thing. always fear. It's that... A lot of people, they, you know, eventually they get to the point a lot of times where they're no longer in love with this person. But for a lot of the time, it's that they love them and they think it's going to change, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, okay. like, like he goes and files this restraining order and then she comes over. No, I'm so sorry. I'm, you know, I would never hurt you. I love you so much. I'm so sorry. And, you know, if they're still in love with this person, they, I think deep down, every, everybody knows it. I mean, I think most victims of I mean I think they know they just don't want to believe that mm-hmm. they they always want to believe it's going to get better well because what's the alternative yeah like I yeah no it's true I mean he probably just you know wanted to believe that it was going to get better and she was like okay this time she knows I'm serious because I took out a restraining order so like she she's got to get it this time mm-hmm. that I'm not putting up with this shit anymore yeah so when she comes back to my house yeah with that restraining order I got, she knows that that piece of paper is going to protect me. <sighs> I know. it's it, Yeah. But I get what you're saying. I, I, yeah. I, I do. I, I get it. But, I mean, 
I don't know. I don't think, other than where she's at right now in prison, I don't think anything would have stopped her. No. Because, I mean, the, the, the second David with scissors, she, I mean, she tried. And then the first David, like, if she would have had, like, a ligature or something, she may have killed him their wedding night. So, I mean, there could have been one murder at the beginning of all of this. Instead, there was a murder at the end. It uh, sounds like, and obviously I can't diagnose her, but it sounds a lot like antisocial or, or borderline personality. I mean, that, that cluster of personality traits because it's it's kind of like that, I hate you, don't leave me. You know, like yeah, that yeah. push and pull. They, It's like she is terrified of being rejected, but because she's terrified of being rejected, she does the very things that make people want to reject her. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it, it doesn't logically, but yeah. it does. I, I, yeah, I hear what you're saying. So, I mean... It could be that the restraining order, and who knows? I mean, maybe he wasn't as passionate that night, or you know what I mean? Like, he just had to file this restraining order. So, even though, okay, they're back to having sex, maybe things weren't 100% back on track. And so, you never know. Maybe, you know, they had sex, and afterwards, she's sitting there thinking, you know, well, he didn't really seem as into that as he usually is. And he didn't, you know, and this restraining order, maybe she just started feeling him slipping away. And I feel like if she felt that, she's going to be like, oh, hell no, you ain't leaving my ass. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's hard to to, to get in and, and be passionate with somebody when, you know, well, yeah. if you say no, she's going to yeah. do what she did anyway. Yeah. You know, so. But most likely she probably felt him slipping away and she's like, you're not leaving me. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, and maybe that's that. Maybe that's from not having control mm-hmm. as a child, and then she's like, "Nope, I'm gonna have control throughout my life in every aspect as much as possible." Yeah, mm-hmm. and because of that need for control, when she doesn't have it, she becomes so angry. She just can't. She can't deal with it. She can't deal with the anger. Yeah. I mean, I think is as crazy, and I hate that word, but as crazy as it sounds that could account for her eating his body parts too. Like a, you know, all consuming, like you're never getting away from me. Yeah. You're definitely all in consuming whenever you're doing yeah. stuff like that. Like you, you, yeah, you're taking the next step for sure. I mean, cause that's a level of degrading someone that is, I mean, you know what I mean? Like that's above and beyond. That's like, and it's almost like you, you have control over the person, but I wonder too, if, if it makes them feel good because they have control over the family because the family knows what they did and like you've got control of their thoughts and, and yeah, like there, there's no, I mean, it's not like it was an accident, you know, slippery road or something. You accidentally killed somebody and yeah. you know, people, you never get over it, but you, you don't necessarily blame the other person, but this way she has no remorse for anything. Mm-hmm. So if they're upset, that probably makes her happy. Oh, yeah. And two, you know, she's probably like most abusers had the attitude of you made me do this. If you hadn't acted like that, I wouldn't have had to kill you. So her anger probably went from being rejected to then being angry that I'm I can't believe you made me do this to you. So as a last F you to him, she's going to feed him to his kids. 
I'm glad that didn't happen. Oh, God, I am too. Yeah, That's too, horrible. Uh, man. Well, that is the story of, of Catherine here. Whose last name I can't remember, but um, not Catherine Knight. Knight. Yeah. Speaking of night, um, if you're listening to this at night and you need something to help you go to sleep, <laughs> we do have another podcast that um, if you listen to this one and then you listen to that one, you will get two completely different people. Like <laughs> we've got split personalities, but um, we do a podcast called Completely Off the Rails. It's it's just a comedy fun podcast. If you uh, if you're anything like my wife, if we watch a scary movie or a suspenseful movie or anything like that right before we go to bed we got to watch the golden girls or something yep. afterwards so got to get that out of my head <laughs> <laughs> right so um go and check that out and uh, and i'm pretty i'm pretty I'm pretty happy right now i'm 5 for 5 yeah so I, far so i good. thought i'd be like 1 for 4 by now but maybe it's going outside the us but i don't know there was one 10 we minutes down 10 the road and you well, still got you know, me so yeah I think you're. I think eventually I'm going to ask you if you know this person. You'll be like, no. And I'm going to do all this research and do uh, write all this stuff up, and then I'll start talking. You'll be like, oh no, I know everything about <laughs> yeah, this. I'll one. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, I didn't. I didn't know what their name was, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know the story. I know this. I know the whole. You can go ahead and read your little words that you wrote down, <laughs> but I already know all this stuff. So. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, that's okay. So maybe the people listening haven't. So you're still, you know, well. given. It's all new to me. So, I mean, it's all new to me. Everybody, uh, appreciate you listening, and we will talk to you in a couple weeks.